BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Most of the time on this show, we talk about the Bay Area's big cities, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland, and that makes some sense. They're the engines of the culture. But despite all of our many jurisdictions, the Bay Area really is one giant megalopolis connected by choice and necessity. So today, we're checking with the new mayor-elects of four local cities of different sizes and spots around our region. Richmond, Belmont, Martinez, Fairfield. This is your day to shine on Forum. What do these cities have in common? What's distinct? What can a mayor even do to affect the trajectory of their city? Perhaps the Bay Area should be one huge New York-like conglomeration. But until then, let's meet some new mayors this morning. That's coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. What do a retired teacher a wetland scientist, a former investigative reporter, and a scout leader have in common. They are all part of the next wave of local leadership stepping in as mayors of four Bay Area cities. We've got the mayor-elects of Richmond, Martinez, Belmont, and Fairfield on the show today to talk about the perspectives they bring on a variety of critical issues, and maybe it's just a way for us to get to know each other a little bit, too. So I'm going to introduce them all. They're all current council members in their cities. Brianne Zorn, mayor-elect of Martinez, welcome. Good morning, Alexis. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Eduardo Martinez, mayor-elect in Richmond. Welcome, Eduardo. Thank you. It's great to be here. Julia Mates, mayor-elect in Belmont. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And Catherine Moy, we're going to call her Cat, uh, Cat Moy of Fairfield. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's good to be here with other new mayors. Yeah. So we're going to go around the horn here a couple times. First, I just want people to get a chance to get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to have each of you tell us about your favorite spot, like a place, a business, a park, whatever, in your town that you really love. And uh, Brianne, let's start with you. <laughs> thank you so much for for having us. And thank you so much for that question. So uh, I think I will uh, default to where I have I've always spent most of my time since I've lived in Martinez and it's down at our waterfront. Mm. Uh, my friends and I like to to kayak down at the waterfront. Uh, and uh, my friends and I like to run and walk uh, in the East Bay Regional Parks. So we really enjoy spending all of our time. And I just spent my time there yesterday morning as the fog rolled in. Ah, uh, yeah. I also I love your waterfront there in Martinez, one of my favorite places in the whole bay. Um, so good choice Thanks. is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Eduardo in uh, in Richmond. How about you? Well, I have a lot of great 
places, but uh, right offhand, Point Isabel Dog Park, mm. a great place to uh, see, meet new dogs and, and to walk. Yeah, beautiful views, too, if people haven't been out there, out across the bay. Unusual views, kind of. Cat um, Moy in Fairfield. All right. Well, I'll tell you that my favorite spot is not right inside our city proper, but it's part of our city. We consider it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's called Susun Valley, S-U-I-S-U-N. And it is um, a place where my husband and I grew up. My family were immigrants here and were field workers out there. I also cut fruit as a little girl out there. And now it's become a booming um, wine country. It's mm-hmm. like what they say Napa Valley was maybe 30, 40 years ago. And in fact, we're getting some of Napa Valley's big um, vintners are coming over here now and buying up land. Um, so it's my favorite spot because it brings uh, me back to my family. It's our roots. It's our soul. Mm-hmm. And it's also gorgeous. Oh, wow. You know, I haven't been out there. I I, I may have to get out there. Um, yes, Julia. Yeah, Julia in uh, in Belmont. Oh, uh, I would have to say my favorite spot. You know, we're we're really lucky here in Belmont. We have a lot of open space, which we treasure. Uh, and my favorite spot happens to be one of our open spaces called Water Dog Lake. Um, it's up here in the hills, uh, not far from where I live, and uh, it's just a great spot for hikers and uh, mountain bikers. And um, you really get a chance to see sort of the multi generational. Um, folks out there enjoying just enjoying nature there are long hikes there are shorter ones Uh, the trails are are managed well and it's just um it's a really really good place to just think and uh, get away from it so and it was wonderful during the pandemic to have to have that as an outlet when we were all cooped in so that's got to be my favorite spot we would love to hear from listeners today. We're talking with mayors of four Bay Area cities. Do you live outside of one of the major cities in the Bay Area? If you do, what do you think people don't understand about your city or about life outside of Oakland, San Jose, San Francisco? We'll throw Santa Rosa in there, too. You can give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Julie, I wanted to ask you, and then we're going to do one more around the horn here, of how you think your kind of pre-mayoral background will inform your approach to to running the city. Oh, that's a great question. So maybe just a little background. I'll I'll just explain that I am currently the mayor of Belmont, um, and I'm currently the mayor under the road rotational system. So we had five city council members, and each of us would rotate uh, for one year and become mayor. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of the system that mm-hmm. we had until earlier this year, when we had to move to district elections. Uh, and so we divided into four districts, with one at-large mayor, who is elected by the entire city. Got it. Um, so that's new for us. So I'm actually sitting right now as the mayor and the mayor elect. Mm, okay. uh, in San Mateo County, there are only now two cities that actually uh, directly elect their mayor, and that's San Bruno and now Belmont. Um, so I think, you know, your, your question about how does it inform, you know, I'm fortunate now to have uh, three years as mayor, right? So usually you have one year to try to move some of your uh, priorities forward as mayor and uh, understand sort of the role of, of mayor and representing your city in the regional um, spaces. And now I'll have 
uh, two years, two extra years to to get some of those things done. As you know, government works slowly, so it's a little hard to get things um, to get things moving in just one year. And I'm glad that I'll be able to sort of continue to to lead some of these priorities and, and efforts of the council, um, you know, That's going cool. forward for the for the next couple of years. You know, Kat Moy, as I understand it, you were a reporter before you were in local politics. How do you think that informs the way that you approach the job? Well, um, I was born and raised here in Fairfield, um, and I uh, went to school and graduated in mass communications and journalism. And I went to work for our local newspaper, uh, first writing obituaries. I got on, um, (laughs) and then from there, I became um, uh, an investigative reporter. I did the big investigation. So um, it has uh, let me see what the questions are that everybody has in Fairfield and other small cities. When you're a journalist, as you know, um, you're always asking questions. And I asked a lot of them and some of them were tough. So I know where the bodies are buried, if you will. Um, and I also- Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, love, yeah. Yeah. The lovely uh, things about the city and and where we have some challenges, so um, that's that's helped me a lot. That background in the journalism, and then also just being raised here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Eduardo Martinez, how about you? Give us a little bit of a touch of your background and how you think it informs what you're doing. Uh, I'm a retired elementary school teacher. Um, and as an elementary school teacher, you basically have to be a jack of all trades or rather a jack of all subjects. And likewise, being a mayor, you have to have a wide uh, array of, of interest as well as uh, a knowledge. So um, uh, I like to think of myself as a jack of all trades and uh, trying to be a master of as many as possible. And uh, Brianne Zorn, current city council member, Mayor-elect yeah. Martinez. Yeah. So my city consistently votes to support open space and the environment. Almost every measure, you know, has passed uh, when it's come up to the voters. So my background is environmental scientist. And uh, I think that will really, really benefit us as we are moving forward on our uh, waterfront uh master plan uh, and a variety of other initiatives. We just uh, voted to preserve uh, several hundred uh, acres of open space in the Alhambra Highlands. So I'm really excited to be able to kind of bring that to the table. Uh, You know, honestly, though, uh, my highest priority as a council member and as an incoming mayor is restoring trust with communication. And so that is what I actually spent a lot of time doing as a council member was writing regular articles and sending out email newsletters. And I'm so happy that our city has started an email newsletter uh, just a couple of months ago, and it has been really, really popular. So I'm so excited that when I get sworn in next Wednesday, we'll already you know, be able to hit the ground running uh, in this really increased communication with our community. You know, Brianna and Martinez and Eduardo in, in Richmond, you're, you guys do very different cities. You're Richmond, a much larger city, but you do mm-hmm. share this fossil fuel infrastructure that yes. is in the town and that makes a that has a, a large impact both on the political scene, the environment, and and, and many other things. Um, Eduardo, let's start with you on this on this topic. How do you plan to approach the refineries in in Richmond, given that you're kind of been part of the more progressive alliance there in Richmond? 
Well, uh, as you know, we stopped uh, the shipment of coal and pet coke, and I worked really hard to keep the pet coke in there because I didn't want that to be a substitute for the coal. But uh, Chevron has been a major uh, problem, uh, mostly because they haven't been a good neighbor. Uh, I'm concerned about cumulative effects of the of the um, uh, emissions, and uh, even though emissions are are below safety uh, concerns, uh, the accumulation of them, you know, having them every day, uh, certainly has to add up. So I want to make sure that uh, we get information from Chevron and we get correct information. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we need to relook at our um, uh, hazardous uh, uh, materials uh, uh, policies. uh, Yeah, yeah, policies. Thank you. Uh, Brianne Zorn and Martinez, how about you? Yeah. Uh, Your question is very, very appropriate. Um, We have had in my opinion, pretty good relationships with the refinery that is in Martinez and in the surrounding areas because it's one of many. Uh, and up until this point, you know, I felt like we've always uh, had, a, like I said, a good partnership. Uh, but just last week, we actually had a uh, release from the refinery, and uh, we actually have invited them as well as the Bay Area Air Quality Management District and Contra Costa County Health to our upcoming meeting. So my very first meeting is going to be talking about this release that just occurred. Uh, the Again, back to my, you know, priority of communication, uh, the the release wasn't communicated in a timely manner to our community. And so the whole idea of of trusting your neighbors and trusting the agencies that are intended to, you know, protect our communities sort of failed our community. And mm-hmm. so that's what we'll be talking about. And, and that's a high priority for me. And so that's why I want to talk with everyone during this meeting, invite the public to ask questions uh, to the representatives of the refinery and the local agencies. Yeah. We're talking with four recently elected mayors of Bay Area cities, Brianne Zorn, Martinez, Eduardo Martinez, uh, mayor-elect in Richmond, Kat Moy in Fairfield, and Julia Mates in Belmont. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after this break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Welcome back. This is Forum. We are talking with four recently elected mayors of Bay Area cities. We've got Julia Mates in Belmont, Kat Moy in Fairfield, Eduardo Martinez in Richmond, and Brianne Zorn in Martinez. 
We'd love to hear from you. If you live in one of these cities, what topics would you like the new mayors to discuss? Or if you live outside of the major cities of the Bay Area, what do you think people don't really understand about what's happening in your community? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. I want to go to our smaller city mayors here. So let's uh, start with you, Kat Moy. And I want to talk about housing. You know, when we're talking about housing a lot of time, we're talking about, well, how many units did Oakland produce? And we might get into these regional things. But what does it mean in Fairfield? Do you Are you feeling the housing crunch that people are feeling in a lot of the other parts of the Bay Area? Or do you feel like you're insulated from it in some ways? Um, <clears throat> we are not insulated really from anything in the Bay Area. Um, from the water to the air to housing. Um, how housing is impacted is we have traditionally in Solano County been more affordable than um, some of the other parts of the Bay Area. So we have um, folks moving here because they can afford to live here. And especially now when a lot of work is done from home, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, influx people buying homes here, um, selling their places down in other parts of the Bay Area or even two uh, families living together, two generations mm -hmm. uh, moving into pretty large houses up here. Um, we, we have a lot on the slate here. The problem is, is the portability. And um, when people come up with their money from other parts of the Bay Area, they boost the prices here. So for instance, I could not afford to buy a house now here in Fairfield um, if I had to buy it today. Mm -hmm. So uh, we continue to grow as far as housing. Um, and our arena numbers, uh, you know, we're behind a little bit on affordability, but the fact is, is that nothing is affordable in the Bay Area much yeah. anymore. Arena, yeah. for those uh, out there who aren't used to that language, is regional housing needs allocation. And you're going to hear about that a lot over the next uh, uh, probably the rest of our lives, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Julia, in Belmont... What? How do you think about housing? I mean, the city hasn't grown that much, you know, over the last like ten years. It has changed a lot demographically, but it hasn't grown by that many people. How much new housing do you think Belmont should build? Well, you know, uh, Belmont has has actually risen to the call for the creation of housing um, even before the state implemented some of the strong mandates. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, during my time on the on the council, uh, we've created affordable housing. In even including supporting the reuse of former redevelopment land to build uh, what is called Firehouse Square. Um, it's on a parcel that formerly had a uh, fire station. And we did that in partnership with Midpen Housing. Uh, so that that project is actually right in our downtown area. We don't have a, a huge commercial downtown, but um, it is in our downtown area. And it's now a vibrant, mixed-use, affordable housing community right on El Camino Real, right across the street uh, from Caltrain and uh, close to 101. So, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that that our city has done is is really realize that uh, we we need to have housing so that people who work uh, in our community can can stay here. Uh, we had folks traveling from you know far off uh, cities trying to commute here to to go to work and and um, and enjoy our town. And so I think that you know that actually is something that we've been working on and, and I, we're going to continue to 
encourage and facilitate projects uh, that will incorporate affordable housing units too, which uh, is, is something that the the other mayor mentioned, which mm-hmm. is is a regional issue. Yeah. Um, and just getting quickly, Alexis, to your um, your megalopolis, you know, term that you used mm-hmm. earlier, I do think mm-hmm. that when it comes to housing and some of these other major uh, issues facing small cities like ours, um, we can do all the things that that we know we should do to create more housing, but um, or more opportunities for developers to create housing. You know, cities don't build housing, but I think um, looking at it regionally as well and really finding co- regional collaboration, I think, is important. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think yeah. we need to continue to look at that. Let's bring in uh, our first caller, and uh, Eduardo, this one is uh, is coming to you, uh, Rick in Richmond. Hello, how are you this morning? Hey, doing well, doing well. I appreciate you doing this program. I feel like I never get to hear anything in the major area media about my town. (laughs) Uh, And one of the things that's true about my town is that our politics are incredibly toxic. Uh, Eduardo is in office with two-thirds of the voters having chosen someone else, and I'm curious to know how he feels he can, what he feels he can do to bring this city more together. Rick, thanks for that. I think uh, Eduardo, right in in your race, was kind of a three way race, and you ended up with thirty nine percent of the vote, right? Which is the most Correct. votes uh, of of everybody. So I guess there's a couple questions about that, right? I mean, one is, do you feel like you can lead in from that situation? The other is, you know, what's the coalition that lets you move forward uh, there? Well, I I do feel I can lead. Um, I have the support of both candidates who who um, did not win the race. And I believe that with their support and building bridges, uh, even with the um, organizations that put out all the toxic uh, uh, propaganda during the race, I believe I can build bridges with them. Uh, in fact, some of the members of that organization uh, actually uh, on the side, you know, um, said that as individuals, you know, they, they hoped that I would win. So, you know, um, I think uh, one Richmond is something that uh, is, in fact, attainable. Hmm. Let's, uh, let's take another uh, local call here. Let's go to Wayne in Fairfield. So, obviously, Kat, this one's going to be for you. Hi, Wayne. Hi, can you hear me? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you for taking my call. I, I think... For Fairfield, my major issue is, while I understand the housing is an issue and we need to continue building housing, my major concern is letting uh, organizations like CINO off the hook for providing infrastructure within a timely fashion for areas like Cordelia, which is on the outskirts of, of Fairfield. What ends up happening is we end up having gridlock in that community, and it continues to be a threat. We also don't have adequate police support, in my opinion, based on the increase in, in crime statistics. And again, this comes down to letting uh, builders off the hook for doing the follow-up on uh, infrastructure construction, such as roads, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm really concerned that Sino gave a massive amount of money prior to the election to just about all the candidates to help solve their agenda in the city of Fairfield. It does a disservice to the residents, and it doesn't represent what Fairfield needs. I'll take my question uh, answer off air. Wayne, uh, thank you for that. For for those who aren't familiar, Catsino right is big home builder, um, and I'm I'm curious what you think. I mean, this is this is a crucial question um, that Wayne is raising. When we are putting in new housing, particularly kind of greenfield housing or uh, 
new developments like this, there is a need for infrastructure. And then the question is, who should pay for that? How should that be paid for? What's the order of operations here? How do you see addressing that as mayor in Fairfield? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's a great question. Um, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. It's a great question. Um, I've been on the council for 14 years and I have taken money for my um, campaign from the Sino family. Now, here's something that everybody understands, including uh, Mr. Sino, anybody else who gives me money. The bottom line is that they aren't going to get anything that another resident, a resident, a real resident here would. In fact, the resident's going to get my phone call back before they do. And I can tell you honestly that um, not once in my 14 years on the city council has anybody from the Steno family or their group of builders ever called and asked me for anything. Now, I know they have reputations. Um, I've read about it down in Concord and so on, but that is not the relationship I have. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that I love Fairfield. Fairfield comes first, but what's also necessary is to have money when you're running. And I barely had enough money this mm -hmm. time because the mayor, the incumbent was bringing in all kinds, but let's talk about that <laughs> infrastructure. Yeah. Builders must pay their own way. Now, the Sinos and out in the Cordelia area started building way before I ever was on the city council. I would not have approved the initial developments out there that Sino wanted to do on their land ever because it was um, it's detached from our city except for a little cherry stem. It was very strange stuff. I don't even know how it got there. But the bottom line is that they are in trapped neighborhood. And I specifically called uh, the Albert Steno, the third, and talked to him about making sure that we get a road widened up up there and it will be done at the end of this year, um, by the end of 2023 is what I mean. So you have to hold their feet, you have to have a relationship and you can't have fear when you're dealing with people, uh, builders, business people who want to do things in here, because of course they're here to make money. But what comes first is those people who live there and they are trapped in an area where they don't, they only have like one way in and out. Yeah. And so it's nuts. But anyway, that's the yeah. long and short of it. And I'm happy for uh, the caller to call me at home and we can sit down and talk about it more because I sure like to talk to him about that. All right. I think that was Wayne getting that invitation. Wayne, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, we do want to hear from you. We have a great uh, comment. It's really interesting. Merrily writes in to say, uh, after having been sheltered for so long, it is a good time to go exploring other Bay Area places. So this is interesting. My new Oakland mayor was interviewed back east last week because she was attending, quote, new mayor's school. Have any of these new mayors attended that new mayor's school? And if so, what did they find the most interesting and in what they learned? And what was the biggest surprise? If any of you have done that, feel free to jump in. Both. Uh, this is Kat. Um, I was there as was Mayor Martinez oh, um, and what we, it was Harvard and we got scholarships to go there. 25 new mayors from around the country got scholarships to go and we, we were lucky ones. 
And um, we have put together a little coalition from being back there. But what we did learn is the practices that Harvard has honed over a hundred years. And um, they uh, spoke to us about communications, about our first hundred years, about how to ensure that we're including everybody, um, you know, different folks, different um, with different backgrounds in our decisions and how to do that. So it was unbelievable. I'm still trying to, you know, bring it all into to me. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, um, yeah it was really something. And then Mir- Mira Martinez was there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like to say that uh, it was very informative. It was mostly uh, uh, catered, or, uh, tailored to uh, strong bears who have more of an administrative role uh, uh, the, than uh, the legislative role that uh, we mayors, most, most of us here in California, uh, uh, perform. But um, a lot of that knowledge was transferable. A lot of that knowledge uh, informed you of the the issues that the city managers have here in our city. And it uh, will enable me to understand exactly what sorts of uh, issues, what sorts of pressures our city manager faces. Yeah. Well, I actually have uh, one of those pressures here in another comment. Um, John, listener John writes in to say, Dear Eduardo, Richmond is turning into an authoritarian state led by the current city manager. She's out of control. What are you going to do to maintain democracy and restore the rule of law as stated in our zoning code. I'm not sure exactly what John is referring to here, but there's obviously a, uh, a, a tension in a lot of cities about this kind of issue. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, just out of courtesy, I'm not going to talk about our city manager, but I will say that the city council uh, needs to be strong in terms of uh, making sure that the policies that we uh, uh, form are performed in the way that they were intended to be performed. Um, I do, uh, as mayor, I will do all I can to make uh, everything inclusive so that everyone feels like uh, our decisions are win-wins as opposed to Mm win-loses. Brian Zorn, um, in Martinez, uh, we've got a listener, Chip, who writes in to say, and I think this could just be kind of an interesting uh, question for you. Uh, Chip writes, I've always wondered why our dozens of little Bay Area towns don't share more of their planning, governance, and municipal services with one another. I've lived in or near Menlo Park for 25 years and have been surprised at the apparent lack of shared planning for parks, development, traffic, commercial districts, housing, etc., At times, the little differences have turned into outright hostility between two adjacent towns, such as fights over traffic flows and road expansion. Of course, I understand these are separate entities, but I'd love to see a far greater degree of regional planning for what is effectively just two to three major suburban regions around the big cities. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm wrong, and that is happening. So talk to us about what's going on uh, up there. Well, I I think I can talk a little bit about it in the context of regional transit, because I think that's a great example of municipalities uh, working together. So this applies uh, through, I'll use the Contra Costa Transit Authority as my example here. So, well, you know, you can't just have uh, buses or ferries operating with just one city. You need to partner with all the other cities. So the uh, Contra Costa Transit Authority uh, has been uh, in it, 
engaging all of the local communities. And we've been talking about ways uh, that we can really improve that last mile between our major infrastructure backbone, as in BART or Amtrak, uh, and improving, you know, bus access uh, and all of that kind of thing. So I, I think I think we do that. Um, in the example of Martinez, we're actually somewhat landlocked uh, from a housing and planning perspective. Uh, so, you know, we have the Briones uh, Hills on one side, mm. and we have Highway 680 on another, and we have the Carquina Strait to the north. Uh, so our... Uh, our opportunities for planning are limited to maybe East Bay Regional Parks and Contra Costa County proper. But I think that we do uh, do planning with those entities as well. So I think it's a city by city example of where we're able to, you know, really uh, uh, push the needle forward in, in those types of things that he's asking about. Yeah. Alexis, can I just jump oh, in here? Yeah, sure. Hi, this is uh, Julia, the mayor of Belmont. You know, one of the things I think is, is important to note too, and it may be that the public isn't completely aware of, of all of these things, but in the last couple of years, for example, uh, Belmont had its own fire department and we consolidated uh, to make the, what's now called the San Mateo Consolidated Fire Department with Foster City, uh, Belmont and San Mateo. And so um, there were there was a lot that went into the rationale for doing this, but by consolidating, uh, we have shared shared services. Uh, you know, definitely more efficient. Um, a lot of benefit to that. So I do think, especially for some of our smaller cities, looking at ways that neighboring cities can uh, join together to, um, you know, to to not only collaborate but to sort of you know consolidate and and not be uh, duplicating services is um, probably fiscally prudent and, and the way that I think we will be looking at things in the future as well. I, yeah. I think we'll see more of that. We're talking with four recently elected mayors of Bay Area cities. Just heard Julia Mates of Belmont. We've got Cap Moy from Fairfield, Eduardo Martinez from Richmond, and Brienne Zorn of Martinez. We'd love to hear from you. If you live in one of these cities, what topics would you like these new mayors to tackle? And if you live outside of one of the major cities in the Bay Area, what do you think people don't understand about communities like yours? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we're KQED Forum. The email is forum at kqed.org. A couple of people have been wanting to shout out other uh, smaller cities in the Bay. George writes in to say, tomorrow, Devin Murphy, our first openly gay black council person, gets sworn in as mayor, along with Cameron Sasai as the newest council person. This is in Pinole. He was the biggest vote getter in November, the first Filipino-American and the youngest city councilor in the, over, the city's over 100-year history. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking with four newly elected mayors of Bay Area cities. All of them are actually current council members. And Julia Mates in Belmont is already the mayor in the rotational system, but also recently elected mayor, uh, a new system there in Belmont. We're also joined by Kat Moy in Fairfield, Eduardo Martinez in Richmond, and Brianne Zorn in uh, Martinez. We're going to get to a few more of these questions. Brian, let's let's go to you on Mm -hmm. Joan, one of your constituents, writes in to say, what has Martinez done to enliven its downtown? I spent time there in the 90s, and it seemed like it was on the brink of going somewhere, but had too many antique stores and not enough other businesses to provide a mix of interests. What a lovely question. So... I think that the Martinez downtown uh, nightlife and live music scene is one of those good things that came out of COVID. So we had several businesses uh, along our main street uh, that used to have, you know, their restaurants inside when COVID occurred, they weren't able to do that anymore. And the previous city council authorized uh, closing our downtown and enabled uh, these businesses to host their guests outside. And when we started doing that, these businesses started having live music. And uh, over the period between 2020 and 2021, Martinez became quite a hotspot for live music. And we now have uh, weekend nights uh, downtown, uh, where a variety of businesses uh, host these live music. We have people, you know, from all over the Bay that come. And we as a council and me as a mayor very much support that and would like to see that moving forward. So I invite Joan to come on out any weekend, (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the live music scene and enjoy the wonderful restaurants that we have uh, while she's listening to the live music. Yeah. You know, uh, Kat Moy, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I feel like the the Bay Area is known as a left-leaning region all across the country. Um, How do you think that shows up in local politics in a place like Fairfield? Well, Fairfield um, is one of the most diverse cities, um, actually, in the entire country. We speak more languages here um, than other cities. And the same goes with our our politics. Luckily, at the local level, at the Board of Supervisors and at the cities, there are nonpartisan races. But yes, we have a very heavy uh, influence from obviously San Francisco, Richmond, Oakland, and all of that and those policies. And when we work on the regional boards, then we go in uh, knowing that we're a little bit different. We're a military town. Um, Travis Air Force Base is part of Fairfield. And also we're agricultural based. We have, like I said earlier, um, a big wine uh, country now out here. And so, um, but, but we think progressively, I think. Um, what I mean is, you know, we obviously go and do the, the things like we have electric buses now. We we go along with those things because we, we want the planet to, to be healthy, just like everybody else does, and especially because we have a lot of open spaces here and we want to preserve that. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's a good, healthy um, discussion. I think on on our new city council here, we have mostly um, more uh, left-leaning or left-to-middle folks um, on the city council, and some of them are returning, and um, it, it works out well. I mean, we fit in well, uh, but we come up with all kinds of unique questions and answers because of our diversity. 
that's, a, that's an interesting answer. It is, um, yeah. Uh, let's. We've got another question for you, Eduardo, from Henry in Richmond. Hello. Hi, Henry. Can you, can you hear, hear me? me? Yeah, sure can. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what What I first wanted to say is a lot of people don't know how nice Richmond is, and it's the cheapest housing in the Bay Area. Uh, so I think people should take a look at it because uh, we get more people in who take uh, interest in the community. The community would get much better. But what I really, really called about, I'm a retired elementary school teacher and principal. Uh, hello, Eduardo. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm concerned about the Richmond San Rafael Bridge bike lane. Uh, I think it's very nice for people to recreate and go over the bridge back and forth on their bikes. But recently, in the last few months, I only count up to 10 maximum, sometimes only two, when I occasionally go over the bridge. The experiment is in its uh, last year, and they're trying to go ahead with it for sure. But I think it's bad for Richmond because every morning there's a serious traffic jam. A lot of our folks work over in Marin and live over here uh, for economic reasons. And I want to know what he is considering or what the city council's stance is on working to either ban it or um, make it movable so that during rush hour Mm. we have the Thursday. Last week I was stuck. I couldn't get over there, and it was an accident. I woke to the radio telling me there's an accident. I waited an hour. It still was dead, stopped, Oof. at least mile and a half back to 23rd and beyond. Well, let's, um, think- Henry, yeah, I, I really appreciate this uh, this question. I, I want to take it to two places. One, Eduardo, uh, I'd love you to you know just answer the, the basics of it, but I'm, I'm also curious what even in in something like this, which is a you know regional transportation link between uh, Contra Costa County and and up to Marin, like what's even the role of Richmond? Like, do is your support needed in that? Like, how much? Uh, like, what does Richmond can even what can Richmond even do? Assuming you want one thing or another to happen with that bike lane. Well, uh, any regional decision requires everyone to be on board. So, so um, uh, my influence would either make it happen or make it not happen. Um, but that's not to say that there's not other influences that will, that will affect the final decision. Uh, I, for one, think that uh, we need to start thinking about other forms of transportation other than cars, and bicycles is one of them. We also need more public transportation uh, so that people can get to where they need to get. So that sounds to me like you're for the bike lane. I am for the bike lane, yes. Okay. All right. Um, Henry, you can get in touch directly with his office as <laughs> she takes yeah. it. Um, and, and actually, uh, on all my cards, all my correspondence, I do have my uh, personal cell phone number. It's 510-712-4934. Because I get a lot of spam, spam mail, you know, it, yeah. when you call and I don't answer, uh, leave a message with your name and the reason for the call. And I'll get back to you. Well, there you go. Um, Thank you, Eduardo, for that. Let's uh, go to uh, Ann and Martinez. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Ann. You're on. Oh, hi. Yes, I I have a question, and this may be just Martinez, but I would like to know if it's other cities around here. Um, We have a, a law here in Martinez that happened somehow magically a few some years ago, and it and it says that 
the people who live in the houses, wherever they are, um, have to take care of the sidewalk, that you are responsible if somebody breaks their neck in, in an old part of Martinez, you know, and it's pretty expensive to pick up a, a, a sidewalk that was built by the um, by the in during the depression times and I want to know if is that true of all cities that they they say that you are responsible for the sidewalk that goes in front of your house that's so interesting hey thank thank you for that um, what do you what would you uh, say to her Brian yes hi Anne thank you so much for asking I do want to hear what the other mayors say about that. Uh, this has been a point of contention from quite a few folks in Martinez over the years. And we as a council have actually funded uh, a grant program. Um, it's been around for a while and we just refunded it with our uh, American Rescue Plan Act funds. And the grant basically is comprised of the city will uh, pay for the removal of the broken sidewalks uh, as a reimbursement to the property owner who would then be responsible for putting in the new sidewalk. So it kind of becomes a 50-50 split. And, you know, hauling away all of the broken concrete is quite a quite a lift and, and quite a pain for the property owner. So people who have taken advantage of this have said that it has been uh, a very uh, nice thing that they have access to. Um, I believe this is a pretty common way for enforcement of broken sidewalks, but I will you know, default to the other mayors on yeah, the call for yeah. that. Yeah, I'd like to say that in Richmond, this has been a major issue. Um, uh, the city has been sued uh, countless times for uh, sidewalks that weren't repaired. And uh, when we look at it fiscally, it seems like the money that we gave out in the suits could have repaired a lot of sidewalks. Mm -hmm. So... Um, uh, a lot of times the, the suit goes 50-50 with the owner uh, being sued as well as the city. Um, but it, it, it is a major problem. It takes a lot of money. And uh, the question is, um, how do we— Who go pays for it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so interesting. It's one of these things where this is the stuff of city life everywhere, right? Um, and it's just it's fascinating to hear it play out in, in your cities. Um, you know, Julia uh, Mates, this is a, actually comes from a resident uh, of Martinez. Padmini writes in to say, but I'm going to take it to you. Uh, Padmini writes, I live in Martinez and was happy to vote for Ms. Zorn. I'm also a native of Concord and have lived in this area most of my life. If you live here, you often shop, work, and get services, etc., all over the area in multiple cities. So I'm interested in civic processes and local officials in multiple cities that affect my life. Given that, how do you recommend we best engage in our local community? And I, I imagine in Belmont, a place where maybe some types of issues are, are less pressing than others, it might be difficult to get the level of civic engagement that you might want as someone who's working in the city. Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. Um, in terms of civic engagement, I think, you know, the, the best thing to do is try to reach the community by all means possible and let them know um, the ways that that people can get involved, whether it's actually joining commissions or, you know, going out for other um, volunteer opportunities um, or just letting them know about upcoming uh, projects where we need input and, and things that are happening in the city. Um, I'll give you an example. Stanford University is um, looking at having a campus here in Belmont and taking over our um, university here called Notre Dame de Namur University. Uh, I should say they're not taking it over. <laughs> the NDNU is actually uh, selling the campus and, and Stanford 
is interested in purchasing it. Um, And so Stanford did a lot of outreach. And this is in the very, very early stages. And they did a lot of outreach. They had surveys. They were uh, going door to door. And the city was also interested in hearing what the community had to say. Um, And so some of that is just making sure to the best that we can that the community feels engaged in what's happening. And it's not just decision makers and stakeholders at the top. At the same time, I think, you know, it's it's incumbent upon community members to um, to go to your city council meetings, to to look at what the parks and recreation agendas are, to to try to inform yourself as well about things that are happening and then speak up and either participate in the discussion or at least be aware of of what's happening. And I think that's really, really important, um, maybe now more than ever, because there is so much happening. It's a, a very dynamic um, period that we're in. Yeah. Thanks for that question, Padmini there and Martinez. Um, let's go back to the phones one last time. Uh, Brandon in Foster City, welcome. Hey, guys. Good morning. First, just I want to say thank you to everybody for showing up, putting the time to, to do this. Uh, my suggestion is something that's not so specific, but I do think uh, how it was said earlier, how you guys, we're, we're a progressive leader in policy and ideas. And I wanted to give an idea, uh, basically see if we can implement a policy where all the police are made to carry personal insurance, just like how all drivers are made to carry insurance. And I just feel like it's not right for the municipality or the municipality's insurance to be paying out for settlements for errant uh, firearm use, and that uh, you want to have the market force, just like in dry car drivers, if you drive poorly, you rack up points and have your premiums go up. I think the same force should be in place for the police. I think that would be a very progressive policy. I know it's kind of forward-thinking, and I'm hoping California, and especially some of the most uh, progressive cities in the state of California, could consider a pilot program. Um, basically, market forces, the police would have to carry insurance yeah. premiums. I do think it's policy possible for the police to have, you know, the ones who are especially exceptional, however you want to derive that, to have premium help. But um, I know the police are not supportive of this idea because they think it's hard enough as is to recruit and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think it's the right the municipalities to have to bear the burden for paying out settlements. Yeah. I'd like to hear what you guys think of such an idea yeah. and uh, happy holidays. Brandon, appreciate this kind of uh, zoom out here here at the end. Does any of you want to take that by choice, or should I hand this question out to somebody? All right, Eduardo, it's on you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I thought it might be. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, I believe that uh, uh, some jobs are public service jobs, and they need to be uh, thought of as that. Uh, for instance, teachers. That's, that's a public service job, but... Uh, um, we don't see uh, monies uh, going to them. Um, I, I, I do like the idea of uh, of possibly <clears throat> uh, having insurance. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, having insurance to um, uh, cover the cost of uh, of, of 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 bad police and and. Um, and you know, if if you do your job properly, you won't you won't need the uh, you won't need to use the premiums. You know, um, um, I, I'd have to look at the language. You know, I, I don't like to make spot on decisions about things until I study them inside and outside. So um, 
if the caller can send me the policies, uh, uh, actually, I, I can look it up online yeah. and yeah. and figure out what it's about. Um, let's take one more comment. Thank you, Eduardo, for that. Um, John writes in to say, thank you to your guests for their service. Um, I'd like to ask the mayors and, and includes all city councils around the Bay to discuss what plan they have to prioritize putting programs and policies and community outreach in place to electrify existing buildings. Buildings account for 25 to 40 percent of the greenhouse gas emissions in a typical Bay Area city. So it's a big way that cities can address uh, global warming. Brianne Zorn, environmental scientist, I feel like this one falls to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it's interesting uh, question. So there's a couple of different ways that we're doing this, but let me start with the most recent ordinance that we just passed, which was uh, enforcing only uh, electric ranges and all new construction in the city of Martinez. So we did do that as part of our, you know, climate action plan implementation. And we did that just a handful of meetings ago. And I know that that is something that is being passed in a variety of municipalities around the Bay. Um, another thing that we did uh, is that we are a member of MCE, the Marin Clean Energy, uh, Community Energy. Uh, and we have upped to uh, deep green, uh, which means it's 100% uh, renewable uh, energy sources. Uh, for our electricity uh, at City Hall. So we also do we also do that. Um, and then I think that we've also been partnering with MCE and a variety of of other um, uh, private partner, I'm sorry, private public partnerships uh, to get charging stations installed in a variety of locations around our city. And from my perspective, uh, I actually just purchased, a, you know, a plug-in hybrid vehicle myself, and I am now, you know, acutely aware of how many places don't have it. And I am very interested in offering more uh, EV charging stations around the city. Thank you so much for that. We have been talking with four recently elected mayors of Bay Area cities. We've been joined by Brianne Zorn, a current city council member and mayor-elect of Martinez. Eduardo Martinez, mayor-elect and current city council member of Richmond. Kat Moy, current city council member and mayor-elect in Fairfield. And Julia Mates, who's a current city council member serving as the mayor, who's also the mayor-elect uh, of Belmont. Thank you so much to all four of you for joining us this morning. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This has been Forum. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.